Hello. Welcome to Salem the Podcast. We are your hosts and favorite Salem tour guides. My name is Sarah Black. And I'm Jeffrey Lilly. And today we are going to be talking about the first elephant to ever step foot on North American soil all the way back in 1796. And it would later be exhibited in Salem. So we're going to talk about some misconceptions. I was going to say, if anyone's listening and they're like, wait, 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 hold on. Yeah, she she didn't come through Salem. Initially, but it was Salem peeps on a Salem ship. We'll unmuddy the waters. Uh, I know both of us. Is it fair to say both of us had this wrong? Yeah, definitely had it wrong. But sometimes that happens. Yeah. The more you know. Local local urban legend. Yeah. Local legend, right? I think this is one of those examples of Salem telephone yeah. where the story just gets told so many different times and you overhear things, you mix things together. Story. There's also another story that this, that gets sort of shoehorned onto or into this one and they sort of become one story and it, it's not, but Hey, that's why we're here. But first, what do we have today? What do we have, Jeffrey? What do we have? We have tour time. Tour time. Not Jeffrey's tour time. Sarah's tour time. I was thinking, you like to call it tour corner. Oh. I like to call it tour time. Can we do it? It's corner time. See, that sounds weird. Time corner. Nope. Tour TC. T tour corner. T C T T. No. Uh, Sarah's up and running uh, tours again. Uh, I'm not starting for another month and a half or so. Perks. Perks. But yes, I, it's not like I'm full blown back at it, but uh, I did soft, have soft launch. Yes, I did my first of the year in the snow, which On was Saturday. Fun. Uh, yep. Just this past Saturday. How, how was that? Oh, we should. Can, it, we, can we? What? What would we do? Do we want to say what we did? We went skiing and snowboarding. And we're still sore. Sarah's still sore. It's okay. <laughs> I was I was very sore. It uh, was worth it. Neither one of us have done that in like a decade. Um, like literally. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally. Also, I went home and checked out the elevation of the quote unquote mountain that I was on in Michigan. Uh huh. It's like 800 feet. <laughs> 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 How high were we? Like 4,000, 3,500, something, like, something that. like that. Yeah. But we both did very good, very well. We went all the way to Vermont. Stowe. Yeah, Stowe Mountain, Vermont. It was gorgeous. Uh, so much fun. Getting up there was a little rough. We hit a little snow on the way as soon as we got there, but the day we were skiing was stunning. But yes, so we are still recovering, kind of, but... You had to do your first tour in the snow uh, after having snowboarded uh, the first time in over a decade. So I was like, I was sitting at home and I'm like... <laughs> you were laughing to yourself. It was great. No, it was fine. Honestly, walking it off helped. I definitely felt it when I got home that night, but it was, it was fine. It was a great tour. Great people, uh, had some podcast listeners, well, which is you guys. awesome. And you couldn't really beat the view with the snow. I don't, yeah. Someone, uh, got a picture of you, uh, doing the tour right by the, the memorial in the cemetery. And that looks really cute. It was like, oh, it's a little picturesque, little snow. Look good. It was a good setting. Yeah. Another cool thing that happened at Red's Sandwich Shop. It's like the most Red's Salem interaction I think you could ask for. Did I was you ha- see Bora? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> I uh, I told you it's very predictable. <laughs> the most, okay, yeah. I'm like at, I'm at one of those two tops next to like where you enter, mm-hmm. you know, right on the other side of that half wall, and I to my right I noticed that the for those who don't know. Reds actually switched hands like it came under new ownership back in September of this past year. So she was sitting off to my or she was standing off to my right and she starts talking to someone that's off to my left. And I recognize the voice and I look up and I'm like, oh, shoot, it's Brian. And it was Brian and Greg. So we chatted for a bit and I got a chance to talk with Kim, the owner, and it looks like doing a little interview would not be too difficult. Very cool. Yeah, she used to have her own broadcast show. So she'll be super used to being in front of a mic. And that's that's the way it works, right? Yeah. Very cool. So it was look, a cool... Look forward to that in your in your ear future. Oh, and then here's the, the cherry on top. After they dispersed, because we were talking about the placemat, we were talking about the podcast, and someone behind me sneaks up and is like I've never heard anyone say this to me before are you Sarah Black dude it's the weirdest feeling (laughs) it's so weird um and I was like yeah and she's like hey we just started listening to the pod because of the placemat congratulations for getting on the placemat nailed it like yes and now that's all it's all happening in reds it was so great that's pretty cool. It was really cool. So, yeah, I guess you can expect a Reds interview at some point this year. Yeah. Love think, to hear that. Yeah. I think we can do that. We got some Patreon shout outs to give. Of course, every week. So, uh, again, uh, thank you to all the subscribers to our Patreon. Uh, I just load, uploaded a cool video uh, from when I was in England. England. And that is following a whole little mini episode that we did about when I was in England. So this is a video that follows that. Yeah. It'll, you talked about in the bonus episode, your time in the cemetery and like seeing the Fox and stuff and all of that is, yep. so all that is up. Video. So that's up. Check that out. Uh, check out our Patreon. Want to support us, support what we do, support the podcast. Uh, we love that. We appreciate that. Please. And thank you. But for those of you who have, we have some names to speak into the ether today. All right, a big thank you to Shannon Shabbat. Appreciate you, Shannon. Some names just roll right off the tongue. Following that, Aspen. Just Aspen. Just Aspen. Like the trees. Or the place. Yes. Which is probably named after the trees. Maybe. We'll figure that out yeah. later. Next up, thank you to Katie Steancho. Good job with that one. I, I hope I said that right. I would have screwed it up. Thank you, Katie. Joanna Troy. Joanna. See? There we go. I can't even figure that out. I'm so bad at this. Thank you. Thank you. See, I'm not picking a side on that one. <laughs> Next we have Hillary Poe. Any relation? Gosh, I hope so. Right? That's like, I, if I, I'd lie. I'd be, yeah. He's like my third, great, third great, great grand uncle, right? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'd lie. I'd lie all the time. Um, I hope you do too, Hillary. Or be honest. Either one of those things are good. And the final name on the list today is Beth Nixon. Any relation? Okay, well, now now we're getting... That's another... Again, honesty or lying. I think either one is fine. Own it or don't or pretend or something. We appreciate you, Beth. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. And thank you guys for your endless entertainment. Yes. You should. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, you only catch about half of the conversations that go on when we're reading these names. Um, thanks to Sarah's wonderful ending skills, saving us from a, a boatload of embarrassment. Uh, but it is, this is a lot of fun. So thank you. We love our Patreon subscribers. So if you haven't become one yet, what you doing? Not, not that. You're wrong. You're wrong for that. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's aggressive. Sarah's looking at me like, you just need to stop. Yeah, I mean, if Bora's doing it, shouldn't everyone? Just, I'm just throwing that out there. It's going to get someone in trouble. You're like, the witch in Salem's eating children. Officer, it's fine if I do it. But with that, let's, uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Oh, that's good. That's so good. Man, I almost had it. But with that, let's talk about the elephant in the room. I'm leaving that first one in. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, before we do, though, just a quick reminder. Oh, yes. We only have about 10 or so tickets left. for less than that now. Maybe less than that for our live show. So if you are still interested in coming, get those tickets ASAP. It's going to be a fun time. Remember to dress your best a.k.a. 20s attire, because we will be giving away some prizes. We settled on prizes this week, so we got some cool stuff for you guys. Also, uh, one of our favorite listeners. uh, Patreon supporters, hugest fans. Local. Neighbors. She's like my neighbor. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Put together a, a bingo card. Yeah. So when you're at the live show... The card is not quite finalized yet, but it looks really cool. Yeah, hopefully we can get this working, like, yeah. in ev- all of our ducks in a row for this, because it's going to be fun. So, like, some of the things that, that we say, whatever the case may be, uh, those will be the, 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 the bingo spot. So when Sarah and I say certain things or do certain things, uh, you'll be able to check off on that. And like get- when Jeffrey mentions England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate you. Um so there'll also be a, a bingo card winner as well. Two bingo card winners. So we got all sorts of fun stuff for you guys. So if you haven't got tickets, get tickets. If you can't make it, uh, we whole thing will be recorded. So you'll be able to see that uh, as well. And listen after the fact. Yes, yes. And again, that Tuesday, we'll remind you again next week, we won't have an episode drop because we'll be doing the live show that evening. That's the 21st. So we'll probably get it up the next day. Yeah. So just a heads up, don't be mad at us. Thanks for listening. We love you. All right, now on to the elephant in the room. (sighs) The year was 1776. No. Technically 17. I did it. Oh my God, no, not 70s, 90s. 90s. We're still stuck on Leslie's retreat timeline. The year technically was 1795. A wild beast was purchased on the shores of Calcutta. So uh, if, if you've been to Salem, taken a tour, and we, we say this a lot, there, there's obviously we have a whole lot of, of witch trial history, a whole lot of merchant shipping, all sorts of stuff. But there's also some fun, weird, quirky things. And I think this is like maybe the pinnacle of, of fun, weird Salem. It, it's one of those stories that doesn't get talked about a lot. But um, when it does, I feel like everyone freaks out. You're like, wait, what? It's right up there with the imaginary tunnels and 
Houdini, maybe. Embellishments people throw at the Houdini story where he's yeah. running down the street naked. Like the pizzazz is there. It's super flashy and exciting, but not 100% accurate. So we're going to try to set the record straight a little bit today. Um, definitely set our own record straight. Yeah, I was I was wrong. I was if, wrong too. It's if, okay. If you'd asked me like passively last week, like, oh, what do you know about the elephant in Salem? I would have given you misinformation. That's how easy it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so why don't we, so this is, I, I just, 1775. We are in what we have talked about before, Salem's. Great age of sale. It might, I think it's becoming my favorite era of Salem. Okay. So if you had to, if you could choose to go back to either 1692 or like a super significant day during the great age of sale and walk around Salem, which one would you do and negate any like possibilities of like being accused of witchcraft yourself or like attracting attention as like a modern day person. I was going to say, I got the, the finger tattoos. Just I think to like. I might get in trouble. Take it in. Um, I, I would really. Mm, I, I think like the whole trials. Yeah, I, I'd go with the trials. If only for the sole fact of we know so much and so little. Mm-hmm. Right? Like here, we, I mean, like, I don't know. Just get a TARDIS and we'll just go to see everything. That's we'll, not an we'll option. Be, okay. I you need know you what? to pick one. Because I, I think trials, I, trials, trials. Yeah. It's tempting. It's so tempting, but I think I'm leaning more towards the late 1700s, early 1800s, when Salem is like, you know, the creme de la creme of yeah, you, the Northeast. You just want to go hang out with McIntyre and Derby. No. <laughs> Although it wouldn't hurt. But like just wandering the streets when you have all these beautiful mansions, yeah. new, pristine, all the ships, the wharfs. I mean, this is when Salem builds up and it builds in wealth, in status. Like I, it, it's very romanticized in my mind, I guess. But it's fair. I understand. I wonder if people walked down the street and was like, oh my God, that's Elias. It's Derby. It's probably, Derby. Probably. King Derby. King Derby. Uh, as as Nathaniel Hawthorne said. So, Great Age of Sale. We have uh, this booming uh, mercantile and seafaring trade with, and we've talked, we talked about Derby the, the whole episode, and and the ships and the trade with India and, and China and spices. And we've talked extensively about the penguin, one of one of um, our favorite things, and the things that these ship captains are bringing back uh, from India and China. Items and goods that people, animals, that people have literally never seen with their own eyes. Some may have never even seen an image or a right. portrait, any depiction. For example, the penguin that you just brought up, when they bring the skin back, because obviously you can't bring the whole thing back, and they give it to the taxidermist, and they said, you know, take care of this. And he just modeled it after any average bird that you would see in this area. I mean, and it does the, the bone structure, that long neck. Yeah. He's like, I don't think it's going to be big, fat, and cute. It's going to be skinny and weird. And it looks more like a goose now. Yeah. But, but if, if you've seen goose and geeses and whatnot and then someone brings you the bone structure and they're like here do this you're gonna do that so just imagine like all of these never before seen things coming into salem's harbor well i read a thing and i i think i reread it in in this uh little dip into research uh 
So imagine the wharves here in Salem, hundreds of wharves. So if you've been to Salem, and again, we've mentioned this before, you've got like one big one and like two little ones. That you could hardly even, unless someone told you that they're a wharf, you may not even realize that they are. Hundreds of wharves, thousands of ships. And there's a little little excerpt here I read. So there's uh, men in turbans walking around with parrots and monkeys. Like, such a scene. That's so cool. All the languages, all the people, all the the, 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 the melting pot of, of, of everything. But what we had yet to see... Was an elephant. That will change. Now, it may not have come through Salem's port, but it was purchased by a Salem man. So, a Salem merchant. By the name of? Captain Jacob Crowninshield. Crowninshield. We know that name. Where have we heard that name before? Perhaps murder? Murder. A murder most foul. 1830. Uh, Go back and listen to the murder of Captain White, and you may learn a little bit about the Crown Shield family, but this is uh, 35 years earlier, so the gentleman involved in this story is likely the murderer's... Uncle? Uncle. That's what we we tried to take a look at the Crown and Shield family tree. And from what we could tell with the dates, they're just one generation below. So, and they weren't his kids. So very likely that these are his nephews that went and killed Captain White. Mm -hmm. So the, the murderers would have been able to make the claim, my uncle was the first man to bring an elephant to the Americas. They can also make the claim that their family was the first to circumnavigate the globe as well in 1802. So the Crown and Shield family is kind of a big deal in Salem, especially during this time. They have been establishing themselves for several generations at this point. Jacob Crown and Shield's father, I believe, was the first one that really built up their business and then his sons kind of took it over from there and just expanded even more. So Jacob was one of five brothers and he would probably be around the age 28 at the time. Um, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be purchasing an elephant at 28. Kind of cool. I've, I've never had the opportunity to, to buy an elephant. I'm also not in the international shipping and trade business. Uh, so who knows? Or the, the wild... Elephant business, although don't be buying elephants today. I was going to say, I think they've got some other regulations in place yeah. at this point. If you're hunting, shooting, killing, get. Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably pretty obvious. But they do have the opportunity and do purchase an elephant uh, for the not inexpensive sum of $450. Which roughly equates to $10,200 today. That's not bad for an elephant. Yeah, I don't know what I would have thought an elephant would cost. But if you're like, hey, man, I got an elephant for 10 grand, I'd be like, bit bit suspicious. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. Like, how'd you do that? It was also also a baby elephant. We should probably also talk about that. So when when we're talking about this elephant, uh, it is... Uh, a baby elephant it is not a fucking oh my god can you imagine like trying to get a full-grown bull elephant across the they would have all died well i that's kind of what i imagine like oh, a much okay. larger elephant yeah. when they set sail but she's only about two years old at yeah. the time so definitely not full grown and we do know it's a she just based on several sources but there is no name so she's gonna have to go nameless yes. for this 
Just be the elephant. The elephant. They buy her for $450 in Calcutta, in India. Then they make their way back to Salem. Make their way back to Salem. We do know from some of the journals they make a couple stops along the way. Uh, They stop briefly in Mauritius, which is um, the Isle of France which we talked about in the Derby episode. So this is where Derby stayed for a little while. That's where he wrote his letters. He needed... His son? Sorry, 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 sorry. Derby Jr. Yeah. Um, Derby Jr. stayed. That's where he got a little fat, right? He needed his new clothes. Uh-huh. They stop briefly there. They make it around the Horn of Africa. Uh, looks like they make a stop in St. Helen and in Ascension Island. And we have some journals from these places, which is... Uh, sort of, I mean, we know they got the elephant, but reconfirming the elephant as well. Uh, they're picking up goods and greens and water. Water, not enough water, but water. This is also where we get records and logs that we know were written by Mister Nathaniel Hawthorne, not senior. I was going to say not the one. Yeah, yeah. that we're going to talk about in a few weeks here. The famous writer. Gentleman who worked at the Customs House, Scarlet Letter, House of Seven Gables. But his father mm-hmm. was on the ship that the elephant was on. So that's pretty cool. Weird connection. Can, I I also think that that's uh, very strange because for all of his, and I, I don't know all of Hawthorne's writings, but I can only imagine that like his dad must have told him stories about right? this. And as an author, you never... Like, we know he gains a lot of inspiration from a lot of places. Uh, Puritan, Scarlet Letter, the, his family, the Turner Ingersoll, the, the mansion, uh, walking in the, in the cemetery. But but no elephant stories. But no, right? A little weird. Maybe, it, maybe his dad never talked about it. Who knows? Also, he was a little moody. So, like, yeah, not a, really his style. Yeah, a fun elephant Atlantic crossing story. Maybe not. But come on, like, pirates and elephants. You could have gone... You could have gone somewhere with that, my friend. Anyway. It would make for a good drunk history story. So would Leslie's retreat, FYI, (laughs) if we ever want to do that for fun. So we also have a letter written by Jacob Crown and Shield to his brothers, John and George. So this is dated November 2nd, 1795. And he writes, quote, We take home a fine young elephant, two years old, at $450. It is almost as large as a very large ox, and I dare say we shall get it home safe. If so, it will bring at least $5,000. We shall at first be obliged to keep it in the southern states till it becomes hardened to the climate. I suppose you will laugh at the scheme, but I do not mind that. Will turn elephant driver. Is he saying like, I don't care if you laugh at me. I will be an elephant driver if I want to be. Maybe. I Turn a phrase. Will turn elephant driver. We have plenty of water to the Cape or St. Helena. This is my plan. Now he's talking about uh, one of his brothers here, I believe. Benjamin. Yeah. Ben did not come into it, so if it succeeds, I ought to have the whole credit and honor, too. Of course, you know it will be a great thing to carry the first elephant to America. 
So from the words of Jacob Crowning Shield himself. So I, and I love that. And, and so he's one of several children uh, and, and I have three brothers. And I, when I read that, I was sort of like, like, Hey guys, I'm doing this. Like this brother, he's us. Oh, screw that guy. I, <laughs> all the credit is mine. You'd like, he had to write down, be like, he didn't like this. So just by the way, when we get back, this is my idea. This is my elephant. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the elephant driver. You guys aren't allowed to take any of the credit. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was, that was pretty neat. In a later letter. He'll write, quote, the elephant is on board and quiet. When I read that, I was like, oh, shoot, she's not going to make it. I know we all know she makes it, but like, you know, you get a little nervous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I suppose I shall have to stop at, how do you say that? Mauritius. Mauritius for water or the Cape or St. Helena, though we have 3,500 gallons. So at least they were pretty well equipped. Or so they thought. Dun, dun, dun. So they left Calcutta in December of 1795 and arrive in New York City in April of 1796. So December to January, February, March, April, about a four-month journey home. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I'm honestly surprised they got there that quickly because remember, they have to go down around the Horn of Africa, up across the Atlantic. Stopped at a couple of places along the way, but they were able to tackle that voyage in four months. They did note that there were no storms, that it was a relatively calm. Correct. Um, uh, the the journal sort of say, we're good, no weather, no problems. Uh, we made it uh, and we're good to go. Now, while on that voyage, they did run into a slight hiccup, or at least this is how the legend goes. I mean, I guess, I don't know, if you're like, how much ele- how much elephant does a water need? How much water does an elephant need? I, I couldn't tell you. And none of these people had likely seen an elephant before, nor do they know how to care for one, especially for a long period at sea. Mm-hmm. So even though they did have 3,500 gallons, that wasn't quite enough, evidenced by uh, the log books, the letters, and just the general story that has survived for hundreds of years at this point. It is said that they ran out of water and they had to make a decision as to how they were going to get this elephant to their destination. What do they sacrifice? Likely their own rations. I mean, water is one thing, but their own uh, alcohol or liquor, beer specifically, rations. So, uh... Let's drink and be merry. <laughs> oh, I don't. Hey, man, it's got calories in it. Right. She may have been stumbling a little bit, but at least she had some sustenance. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, you've got to uh, do in the investment, right? Like it's $5,000, right? That's what you think you're going to get. The captain of the ship and all the men have to get paid and you can't let this elephant die. Uh, so, uh-uh. So supposedly they gave her their ale. So this is one of the things where the the story uh, gets a little clouded. Legendy. Because if you'd asked me, like I said, just a few days ago, I would have told you that the elephant uh, arrived, the first elephant to come to America would have arrived in Salem and would have arrived drunk. But they were in New York. So. And she could have been drunk, but who knows? We can only speculate. Right. 
So they arrive in New York City on April 13th, 1796. She was exhibited at Beaver and Broadway and was an instant hit. People came from as far as Pennsylvania and Virginia to see her. I believe I found a little anecdote of, of someone uh, who likely came from Virginia to Ooh, see Oh, that's it. fun. I didn't see that. Hit me. One Mr. President George Washington. Oh, George. <laughs> Georgie boy. Yeah, so uh, he, was, he was a fan of Fantastical Beasts, and uh, there's a record in his financial paperwork uh, that says he paid $1.25 uh, to see the elephant, which would have been, it was 25 cents a person. So it would have been him, uh, likely Martha, another adult, uh, and three children. Uh, recorded as in his finances paid to see the elephant in New York. And it would have to be this elephant, right? Yes, yes. Because the the timing doesn't work with any of the other elephants that come after her. So that's so cool. Yeah, so uh, President Washington, so the the crown and shields bring the elephant uh, on display in New York and and President Washington comes up to see it, which is, is pretty neat. Per Washington seeing the elephant, we know what his bill was. We know how much initially... Uh, it cost to, to see the elephant, which was initially 25 cents. Um, but that fluctuated. 25 cents for kids? Per person, initially. Um, but then they, 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 they jacked the, the rate up when market value, right? Everyone's willing to shell out. So then it went up to 50 cents after that or soon after that. So a half dollar, as mm-hmm. they called it, for adults and 25 cents for children. Which is a quarter dollar. <laughs> yes. I don't know if they called it that. I was just being facetious. So obviously this is attracting some attention and Jacob Crowning Shield soon realizes the level of his investment. He doesn't just get 5000 for it. He gets 10000 And I, I couldn't find a record of what else he, but if, if it's costing people 25 cents to see it, mm-hmm. he's getting that money as well. I would think so. I, I'm not sure exactly when he sold the elephant. So I don't know how much he was exhibiting it mm-hmm. and raking in those profits. But there was at least a point in time where he was exhibiting it. Right. Or, or at least having it exhibited on, on his behalf. So, so what you're saying, he may have made some of his initial investment back I, and then yeah. made the 10000 on top of that. Yeah. Which is totally possible. I, like as I was looking, I was like, he didn't sell it for a while. Yeah. Um, not, not like, we, yeah, we don't yeah. know how long, but yeah, but there was definitely a point in time where it was being shown and he did own it before he sold it. So he made money off of showing and he made money off of the sale. A pretty penny off that sale. Yeah. Um, so we had said that their original cost four fifty. it roughly equates to 10,000, did you do this? I didn't do this. Math. Oh, yeah, I did this one. I, I, don't, I just realized I didn't do this. What? What is it? What is it? It's more than $226,000. So quite the profit. Damn. Good investment, I'd say. Good job, Crown and Shield. And you know, good for him, like taking a gamble because he really, he didn't know what was going to happen mm-hmm. if it would actually, A, make it across and B, be successful. He had an idea, of course. At this point, 
even though people hadn't seen elephants, there was a lure, uh, an attraction to that exotic, like otherworldly animal. Menageries are, so there are no zoos, by the way. I don't think we mentioned there are no zoos. You're not going to the Brooklyn Zoo. Menageries and circuses uh, get popular through the 1800s. So the only way you're going to get to see these animals is if you are a deckhand or a ship worker and you're traveling to Indian Africa uh, or if someone has assembled a, a menagerie. And she will tour all around the Northeast, yeah, so actually up and down the East Coast. So she does definitely make it to Salem. And this is after seeing Philadelphia. Um, she was brought to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I even saw one reference to Charleston. Yeah, so I, I think when he, he mentioned the the um, climatization, they do bring her south uh, in the winter, which is probably a smart idea. Probably. Yeah. A very smart <laughs> idea. Uh, and then they bring her back north uh, getting into 1797. So it's in the summer of 1797 that the crown shield elephant finally makes its way into the port of Salem or into Salem, likely by ship. Probably not by ship. There's like no. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with you on that. Okay. okay. There's, there's no reference to her coming by ship, which is super unfortunate because I think that's part of the story that we all tell. Yeah. So at least we could then maintain. I mean, it's, it's better, right? Like this elephant is on a boat and it's coming into Salem's right. port. And think about how big she'd be at that point. Like she'd have to be very large. Traditionally, then the animal would just be brought on foot from t- or by cart. From town to town, the the wheels, the we don't we're not we're not trains yet, right? And they probably walked her. Like I think every everything that I read said that it is almost like okay certain that they were traveling from town to town just by foot. Maybe she came into Salem Harbor, but we have no evidence for that. Unfortunately, I I think it's more likely you're going to travel to port to port with a a creature that large. But she was Um, also exhibited in Beverly and Peabody and Salem. So maybe just, but you're here in this area, but then when, if you're going like from Rhode Island and you're like, now I need to get up to Salem, you're not going to, I think it's just going to be easier to get it on boat. But would you miss out on revenue if you skip out over all those towns you're passing through? I don't know. Some, we may never know. There's no evidence to your side. Yeah. There's no evidence to the contrary either, so. But uh, we do know that she does come here. She's just a little, a quick North Shore tour. Uh. Good one. <laughs> the look that you just like, like crept over your face was phenomenal. Uh, I've got a, a note here that says on September 5th, the elephant will leave town in two days. So before she comes to Salem, she is exhibited in Boston. And this is where we get I think probably the most recognized broadside image of this animal. So back in the day, these broadsides basically think of like a poster that is publicizing an event. So there's this great picture of the elephant and underneath it, it says the elephant comma, according to the account of celebrated Buffin is the most respectable animal in the world in size he surpasses all other terrestrial creatures and by his intelligence he makes as near an approach to man 
as matter can approach spirit. I mean, an elephant never forgets, right? Sure. We, I, I think we know today elephants are like wicked they, smart. They, they remember people. I'm, I don't. They're wicked smart. I don't remember. So I'm like just making this up. No, they are. Yeah, no, no. But like they can remember human people for like decades. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, wasn't, yeah, did we were talking about that story. Wasn't there like an elephant that went and like killed. She killed the woman. Yeah. She yeah, like yeah. went after a woman very, very far away. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the details the funeral, on that. And like went to the funeral and like stomped on her body. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Elephants, she, man. The elephant was four years old at that point and weighed about 3,000. I'm assuming it's pounds. 3,000 weight. Yeah, it just okay. says weight. What would that be? I, I, I assumed pounds as well, uh, which is about standard for an elephant of that age. Is it? Yes. A ton and a half? Yes. Uh, she likely weighed about a thousand pounds when they got her. Uh, so 2,000 more on top of that is seems about right. And she was over 15 feet from trunk to tail. That's a, that's a big baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, but probably the best part. So I think the, the, the liquor bit here. Yeah. So I think this might be where we get a little bit of the, the drunk elephant story story as well. Drinks all kinds of spiritous liquors. Some days he has drank 30 bottles of porter, drawing the corks with his trunk. He's just sitting there popping back beers. Lots of them too. <laughs> he can afford it. The money he's drawn in. And remember, I think this one identifies it as a male. Yeah. But we're pretty sure that the based on several accounts from the ship logs, the letters, and uh, a Mr. Reverend Bentley in Salem, although he was no zoologist, uh, he identified her as a female. Yeah. And this dates to the time when that only elephant that was here would have been the crown shield elephant, which was female. So while it says he... Uh, that is that is incorrect. I feel like it, it's adding to the, um, you this, know, the the vibe. Is, yeah, yeah. You know, this big manly elephant. Oh, and perhaps my favorite part about this broadside is towards the end. There's like a couple little notations, and wh- one of it includes the price. So at this point, you could see her for one quarter of a dollar for adults and children. They were nine pence. But this is it. The elephant having destroyed many papers of consequence, it is recommended to visitors to not come near him with such papers. <laughs> like. Don't bring your valuables next to the elephant. I, papers? I don't know. Newspaper? Like, are people trying to get like a. Well, like a, um, uh, like a bill? Like I get. any type of money? Yeah. Monetary yeah. things? contracts anything a letter like papers in general were pretty valuable back then fair enough quite funny keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle please so i guess if you got a wandering drunk elephant keep your papers to yourself so that broadside comes to us from boston in august of 1797 and she was then brought up to salem and exhibited at, we don't know, do we? 
again, if you'd asked me a few days ago, I would have said Derby Square. Which is uh, weird because at that point, Derby Square wasn't Derby Square. Yeah, yeah. So I would have had that wrong uh, off the bat because that's where the mansion was being built. Uh, but I remember being told that. Yeah, I think I was told that too. Yeah, so when you're like... We had our timelines off. Yeah. Because Derby's mansion, I mean, they may be breaking ground for it at this point, but it's not It's not even done yet, let alone, you know, the market square. Wow. So also I think the common in it is another common colloquial where the elephant was shown. Uh-huh. But... We do know that there were once elephants on the commons. There were, yes. But that was in like the 1970s, 80s, believe it or not. My guess is they would have brought her through Essex Street, um, but we really have no idea. So, yes, this is 16 months after her initial arrival in the Americas. So this idea that we had in our heads that she, for the first step on North American soil was going to be in Salem or was in Salem. It's just, unfortunately, it's not right, which is so sucky because we just got done talking about how Salem got to be the capital for yeah, a hot second. Yeah, yeah. And we are, in our opinions, the birthplace of the American Revolution because of Leslie's retreat. We got the first for that. We got the first muster of the National Guard. We got the first millionaire. And I really thought we had the first elephant. Salem merchants brought the first elephant to America? It just doesn't have as great of a ring to it. Yeah. yeah. Although I guess it is cool that she was brought to Salem. So Salem hosted the first elephant. Salem did host the first elephant. Hoster of first elephant. Purchased by Salem merchants. Capital for a day. Start of the Revolutionary War with, with, with but a pinprick. Home of the Salem Witch Trials. Nailed it. Salem History 101. Nailed it. And it burned down. Sorry. Anything else? <laughs> we should write like a children's book right? for Salem. <laughs> That's actually pretty cute. Now we do have an account of the elephant. You know, I think this is why we thought it was in Derby Square. Because of the account written by Reverend Bentley. So we've talked about Reverend Bentley before. He was a minister at the Old North Church here in Salem Mm -hmm. and was very good friends with Samuel Mm McIntyre and thankfully kept extensive diaries for decades. And he does note seeing the elephant on August 30th of 1796. He writes, went to the market house to see the elephant. <laughs> so I think that's there where. We know, that's it. That's probably where it, like people just assume and don't even realize that. Because Derby, it's a market. Yeah. It's Derby market square. Derby square hasn't even been established yet. So yeah. wherever the market house was in the 1790s. Would be where she was. Yeah. Exhibited. Okay. All right. Let's find that out. I love that. Isn't that cool? That's like, that reminds me of the, the old jail. Or the, um, the townhouse that we just talked about yeah. in the previous episode with Leslie's retreat. Yeah. And we didn't even know that that existed 
because it sits where the Daniel Lowen Company building is, and it is completely separate from the old courthouse, which mm-hmm. we were aware of. Mm-hmm. There's so many things about Salem that I feel like you just you can't know everything, of course. So it's fun to pick up these little breadcrumbs as we go along. Okay. Would you like me to continue? Yeah, yeah, no, I just, I, I love that question. I mean, it hasn't been answered, but. It kind of, yeah. we kind of answered yeah. our own question. So he says, the crowd of spectators forbade me any but a general and superficial view of him. He was six feet, four inches high, of large volume, his skin black, and though lately oiled, a short hair on every part, but not sufficient for a covering. His tail hung one-third of his height, but without any long hairs at the end of it. He goes on to say, The keeper repeatedly mounted him, but he persisted in shaking him off. Bread and hay were given him, and he took bread out of the pockets of spectators. He also drank porter and drew the cork, conveying the liquor from his trunk into his throat. His tusks were just to be seen beyond the flesh, as it was said that he, aw, this is sad, and it was said that had been broken. So it sounds like the tusks were broken. That's horrible. No, only male Asian elephants have tusks. Oh, so then it for sure is a female, or is it a male? Well, it's sounding like he doesn't know what the... Fuck, he's looking. No, well, of course, he doesn't know what he's looking at. He's never seen an elephant before. I guess if they have nubs, right, they probably have like. Oh, yeah, because I don't think I remember seeing any tusks. Oh, no, there are tusks in the. In the picture, yeah. But I think that they would have added those anyway. Right, I, I think. So that's why I assumed the elephant in the broadside has tusks and they just, you're like, oh, elephant has tusks. And then if you see that, like, oh, they were broken off. Right. Oh, oh so like. They're misleading the public by being like, oh, come check out this tusked elephant. Right. And then in reality, I mean, it's I'll, a female yeah. who doesn't have tusks. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, they just got broken off. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But obviously, Reverend Bentley has no idea what he's looking at. Yeah. But he does. He So he identifies it as like a male elephant. And then just wait till you get. We'll get to the end here. So. His tusks were just to be seen beyond the flesh, and it was said had been broken. We say his, oh, we say his because the common language, it is a female, and teats appeared just behind the forelegs. Reverend Bentley wrote teats in his journal. Okay. Were there turtles for those nipples? Is is now the question? You saw you saw me form the question in my head. The turtles on the elephant's nipple. I have been <laughs> thinking about turtles as, or sorry, elephants as familiars this entire time because of that line. <laughs> Too funny. I don't think an elephant would make a very good familiar. Smart, but not very quiet or... Mm. I mean, sneak. you got an elephant charging through, taking... You know, you think it would be a great familiar, right? They got tusks. They got the, the trunk. They can just, like, pick up the... As I hit, literally just hit the microphone. My exuberance. The feet, they'll just smash. Have you ever seen an elephant squish a watermelon? Probably. Like, like under their... On, like, YouTube... 
The, yeah. And watermelon is like the same density as like human head. They make great familiars. Ew. Love it. So I think we established it as a female? Yes. Yeah. And they were lying to everyone about the tusks. Yes. Which is kind of funny in retrospect. Well, I mean, like, just imagine, you're like, oh, don't have you, you the, and the like, crowd. L- let's be honest, okay? The women were the lesser, weaker sex during this time, so we can't put a female elephant on display. That just isn't cool. Female African elephants do have tusks, though. Interesting. And this one, of course, would have been an Asian, Asian elephant. Yes. Which don't have tusks. Correct. And now we are zoologists. Yes. Experts on turtles and elephants. Sarah's just shaking her head. She's like, I don't even know what to say to you I sometimes. Ha- I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, so I think that sort of rounds out everything. Yeah, I hope we were able to clear up some um, some questions you may have had. Maybe fixed some parts of the narrative that you, like us, would have ha- had wrong. Didn't know. We're told wrong. We're it's all good. We're wrong. Yeah. Don't tell your tour guides that they're wrong. You can just tell them to listen to this episode after the tour is over. Yeah, yeah. Be like, oh, I loved your elephant story. Have you listened to Sam on the podcast? And then a little shifty side eye. I wish I could have got that on camera. <laughs> oh, love it. I just want to cover some a, a couple other things as we're sort of uh, wrapping this up. So oftentimes I, I think this elephant gets referred to as, as Old Bet. Uh, I'm not really or sure. even Old Bess. I've yeah. heard Old Bess before. Uh, which is, as far as sort of going through timeline of some research and whatnot here, is a different elephant, uh, likely getting here in 1804. Uh, and then I think what happens is that elephant gets sold as well, or not. Uh, again, I, I think it, it gets a little complicated the more elephants we have. And we don't have the records for all of it. Yeah. Um, so that elephant... Uh, I believe gets purchased by a, I'm going to butcher the name, Hasahalia, sorry, Bailey, um, and then also does the touring thing. And that elephant unfortunately gets shot and killed uh, up in Maine in the early 1820s. And in Maine, there's a little like, uh, uh, old bet, uh, statue. Uh, there was a hotel named after it for a little while. There's a plaque where it gets shot. Uh, and I heard, I think originally, originally that the elephant was so drunk that it like stumbled into a farmer's field and the farmer shot it. Wow. What a story. Yeah. I did not hear that. So again, this, this elephant story has like a few different variations. Yeah. yeah. The variations are equally absurd and entertaining. Yeah. But unfortunately, what it comes down to is not quite as entertaining. I do have um, a really fun little extra thing, though, to share with you. I won't be able to play it for copyright purposes, obviously, but I am going to play it for you and we can uh, give the folks your your reaction. You're not going to sing it to me like the other one? No. Okay. I try. I actually did <laughs> try a little bit at home before this, just in the, like the first couple lines and the way it is sa- sung, it's like very, it's tricky. 
I don't know. Maybe maybe okay. we'll learn okay. it together, Jeffrey. Let me let what you got. So I don't know if we mentioned that the gentleman who purchased the elephant mm-hmm. was from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. This just happens to be a Philadelphia band. They are called Cheers Elephant, and they wrote a song called Captain Crown and Shield. Is this a period song, or is this a modern song? This is a modern song. Okay. By a modern indie band. Okay. There's also a like a little cartoon music video to go with it. I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. How fabulous is that? I don't, I don't, I don't know what, I I don't, I don't have words. I don't know what I was expecting. Okay. Everyone. Just watch it. Link is in the show notes. Pause. It'll be like the first link. Stop stop listening to me. Go watch that music video. So good. Um, I, I don't know what the legal rights of email. I want the elephant and crown and shield dancing on a fucking t-shirt. It was like. It's great. I didn't know how badly I needed that in my life. Although we can do without the Aboriginal man. We'll just. That's fine. But overall. 10 out of 10. Solid. Also, don't know why he's laying in a lily field. I don't know. They're not lilies. They're they're daisies or something or carnation-y flowers. They're not a lily flower. And why is he laying in a lily field? You know what? Whatever. Hey, like uh, Longfellow, right? It rhymes. Yeah, that's I think that, I think that's the whole point. He's like, hmm, I'm just gonna lay in this flower field. Maybe I'll buy an elephant today. Right? May I buy an elephant for you? Cool. So fun. I love. I didn't thank you for that. Isn't that hilarious? That was that was. That that's was like lovely. right up there with the um, Elvira. Oh my god! Thing. <laughs> oh, we need to have like a oh. That was fantastic. Okay, well, um, on that note, yeah, I think we can uh, we can leave it there. I think that's it. Go hey, round out the episode. Go watch the music video. Uh, hope you learned a little something. I know we did. We definitely did. We definitely tell did. all your friends. Yeah, actually, it's a great way. You could win so many beers at bars in town. Go oh. up to someone. Be like, hey, can you tell me about the first elephant? And they'd be like, oh no, you're wrong. Go listen, stay on the podcast, bitches do without the last part but or don't it's not it's okay <laughs> whichever <laughs> and this is where we leave you thanks for listening see you later <laughs>